Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode two of the Ishtar podcast. Um, we are excited for episode two. I've been waiting all week, honestly. Like, I can't, I can't stop being like, man, I can't wait till the podcast. Um, Same. <laughs> I feel like we just have so much to talk about. Um, yeah, which is why I made a list. Um, so let's let's just dive right into it. Um, what is everyone's thoughts on the lack of announcements about anti-cheat that the community has been wanting? Oh, that's, that's a, a good question. question. I mean, for me, what that's telling me is that either they're working on something or what i'm really thinking is that they're not necessarily working on something but that they just don't know what's happening that's what i'm thinking because that's what that makes me feel is that bungie doesn't know like what the future of the anti-cheat is because my guess is that they probably are working with a company that already has like good anti-cheat in place i don't know what company or valve or whatever is that they're probably working with somebody but I don't know if they just want to keep quiet because they don't want to accidentally say something that would then allude to people already knowing how to bypass it. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. My hope is that we get a big update on anti-cheat in a very informative TWAB before Beyond Light, but probably not anytime soon because it's still, I mean, it's only August tomorrow. I think I saw DMG tweet, or maybe it was on Reddit the other day, and he said it's something they want to talk about, but they're not ready yet is I think the wording he used ready to talk about it. I think, um, which that might not be the don't, I know they said they want to talk about it and they said something's going to be coming in the future, but, um, don't quote me on the, they're not ready yet. Cause that might give a different perspective. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it was definitely in my opinion, a major oversight to not launch on steam with heavier anti-cheat. Because Steam is, I mean, free to play plus Steam, that just, that makes it, God, easy to cheat, almost. But you're basically just asking for people to hack in your game. Right. Yeah. Do you, have you guys encountered very many cheaters in the last, just say, couple months? Not recently. In I... terms of the, the very obvious, like, thousand rpm guns that shouldn't be firing that fast or flying around with infinite heavy ammo that kind of stuff at least in my perspective seemed to kind of die out for a little while maybe like a couple months during this season but i think in the past probably three weeks now i've heard from two other people about instances of people firing guns way 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 too fast and i've seen one in my own lobby so it seems that whoever's providing those super, super over-the-top cheats has worked around whatever Bungie did to mitigate that, at least temporarily. Right. I think the only cheater I've encountered this season, uh, it was only one, and it was someone who basically had infinite super. Hmm. Which, it's not terrible to counter someone with infinite super. It's better than, you know, being invincible or having mountaintop shoot 50 times a second. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I've only come across one cheater um in like the past two months it's also because i don't play that much pvp but the one guy i 
come across. All he had was infinite heavy ammo, but he didn't have any aimbot, so he would just he and he was using a sniper. Um, he was using one thousand voices. Mm. So I don't know re- what his plan really was because <laughs> we beat them five to nothing. But it was just funny because we kept killing him and he kept dropping heavy ammo. <laughs> So right. It actually was kind of funny, but overall, no, we nothing really for me. Right. So, like, I guess I, in recent memory, I don't. I mean, I remember the one cheater, but I think it was Dawn. I got one like three times in a day. So oh, wow. I, maybe they have improved something since then. Um, and like, I, I do get the perspective of they don't want to talk about it too much because if they talk about what type of anti cheat or what specifically they're looking for it'll give cheaters a way to figure out how to get around it. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like the radio silence is really deafening. They just need something. Like, even I would be super satisfied if they just said how many cheaters they've banned in the last couple That's months. That's what I'm thinking. Or, like, have, like, do what Rainbow Six Siege does to where on, like, the side of the screen, um, it just, uh, and you could, like, turn it off if you want to, but it would say, like, anti-cheat has banned this person like every time a person gets banned it pops up so you can see people are getting banned um to make you feel better and then like on siege you'll see like band waves and that's always the funniest thing if you're on and you'll see like a thousand names go through (laughs) because they do like waves of bands sometimes so it's that it's that type of thing and i would like to see that just because it's something you can visually see and be like okay so people are actually getting banned they're not just getting suspended or like just being ignored right so that would be more for player confidence yeah gotcha um yeah i agree with that um and then going into like kind of bouncing off the fact that this started on steam it's how have you felt about the change from blizzard to activision or from activision to being um their own studio and i ask this because at the time, before it happened, when they announced it, everyone was like, wow, this is the future. Everything will be completely better. No more microtransactions, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what you'd see everywhere. And these days, all I see is, wow, things were actually better under Activision, at least on uh, Twitter. That's what all I see. Um, so what do you guys feel about the transition? Like, do you think it was actually a good thing overall? or? I think it's definitely a much better situation overall, even if the short-term pain of that is inevitably just less content. Like if they don't have the big Activision money to hire out uh, Vicarious Visions right. and make them incredible season after season with new activities every single time. But I do think Activision would be looking for either a Destiny 3, which would absolutely kill Destiny 2, or no sequel at all. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those situations that it's going to get worse, that it was going to inevitably be worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was just the fact that we were used to one thing, and then now Bungie's probably changing it a little bit. Right. And so, like, we sort of saw that a little bit smaller seasons this time around. And I imagine with this next year coming up, we're probably going to see more con- more content, or at least more replayable content than we did this year. Um, and I think they're learning from that, like to avoid the public event style. Hey, just kill some enemies and do a little bit of an objective, and that's yeah. it. Like I hope they're learning. They clearly to avoid see that. that we don't like that. 
hopefully hopefully they bring in like you know a menagerie type activity that changes up a little bit i like anything that changes and i think they'll do that try to add about the same amount of content but make the content more replayable and more enjoyable i think that's what they're testing out right now with the raid loot system they're just seeing how they can make the game more replayable right i feel like it'd be interesting if um after everything gets sunset like maybe this starts out in a couple seasons or something once things get a little more dry it'd be cool if every week a new raid came back with increased loot drops and it was just one raid weekly and mm-hmm. it would just rotate out just like that would keep people interested like man two weeks from now we know it's going to be scourge i'm definitely going to be on for that um which i the reason they probably won't is because of the game size and the assets and that'd probably be you know a major update every week um but just something to be replayable i think that's been from what i've seen on social media one of the biggest gripes people had with i mean most of this year really it's there's replayable activities or there's good loot there's not really been both in a single season um like mm-hmm. undying like i like some of the some of the stuff that came out in undying and uh shadow keep but like it wasn't that much loot like at least it wasn't that much high quality loot that's for sure um there's nothing desirable exactly like you would get it was it was super satisfying especially at first when you'd run the undying activity and you'd open a chest and loot would explode out but then you'd be like wow this is literally all junk um which Mm -hmm. to be fair i'd be i'd rather be getting a loot explosion of junk than you know one random roll that i hate and i have to try again next week like I don't know. I feel I feel like there's a weird like it definitely feels like they're still experimenting, which is good. But yeah, I don't know if I they've think, hit their stride yet. Yeah, and I think what they're finding is that they might as well just do both. As in make it to where the first that's why we're seeing a lot like the first drop is very 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 strong, mm-hmm. you know, it's your high level gear, and then everything after that is, you know, just on your power level. Right. But that way, you know, you can keep grinding activities and keep getting your light up, but also you can just keep grinding activities if there is this one activity that just so happens to have that one uh, weapon that either you're looking for or just happens to be really good that season, then you can keep grinding it while also still getting your power level up. Like with raids, we're seeing that. Right. I think the raid weekly uncap is more closely tied to the fact that the raids are going away and not everyone has the patience or time to come in week after week with a raid group that they know will be there for them to constantly farm for a role that they want and more everyone just wants to get it before it goes away so they're uncapping all the old stuff right and And i unfortunately i don't think that that's gonna be a practice that they might want to continue i'm hoping they see um if you guys follow um uh what's it called charlemagne the discord bot on twitter Mm -hmm. they tweet out stats all the time and raid the raid population is like massive right now or at least it was when the weekly lockout stopped um i'm hoping even if it wasn't their intention they'll see how much people are loving it and be like okay we need to implement this in some way um because like it really did explode the raid population like I think if I remember correctly from the tweet I saw from them, it was the highest raid population the game has ever had at one time. And I wouldn't be surprised by that just because 
there's some people who are only going to do one raid that weekend who wouldn't normally do a raid and then you have the other people who i saw were on their 20th 30th run of uh crown for that weekend trying to get uh teraba and i think that's just one of those things to where especially if like more raids have those exotics that just drop from the final boss that people don't like having to just being able to do it three times in one week and then having to wait another week especially when the the odds are so low and what i like about that is if they do get rid of that cap to where your first time doing it is pinnacle and then everything after that is just powerful then that allows them to make certain raid like having certain pieces of gear that have like a 0.1 percent drop rate because then people won't feel like well i gotta you know spend a thousand weeks on this no i just spend a couple of weekends so like you know that one ghost shell or that right. one exotic that 0.1 percent drop rate and i think that would be cool to see i saw in the uh the last twab that they're taking away xp glimmer prime and bright engrams from leviathan for some reason and those are going to be back on a weekly lockout i think that's a mistake i don't like that it's just weird like i i don't agree with it but i get the bright engrams but why all the other stuff like why wouldn't i want xp and glimmer for doing a raid yeah i don't i and it was in like the bug section too like it was a like it was a mistake i mean like glimmer doesn't really make any sense because there's a glimmer cap in the game already right so it's like not that big of a deal and then like xp the only thing i can think is that maybe it was like super efficient and people they didn't want people like grinding up to really really high light levels maybe but even then it's one of those things that it really doesn't matter because light level sort of caps in certain activities anyways like just because you're an 1100 light level doing a 1050 activity doesn't really mean you have that much you don't have an advantage over somebody who's a 1050 doing a 1050 yeah, activity there's like a soft cap yeah um yeah i don't know it's weird like i saw that and i was just like i don't get why i don't know because i know they had the they had the ghost shell that they disabled the bright ingrams um but i don't know it's it's weird it was a weird design choice um okay uh, so for the next topic, I, I was watching someone streaming last night and they were talking about, they were, they're a WoW player who's playing Destiny since WoW's in a lull. And all they really care about in Destiny is raiding because, you know, it's a, it's a really fun in-game activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were talking a lot and like ranting and raving about how much they loved, like how free Destiny is. Not in like a monetary sense, but like a, you can do whatever you want whatever builds you want you can go crazy and like this was coming from someone who was admittedly by their own volition a more casual player and like i feel like as someone who's trying to be a hardcore player i don't really feel a lot of freedom in in-game stuff at all like you've got the mods that go to specific weapons for specific champions you've got specific mods that'll make you change your subclass uh, I mean, really, I guess what I'm saying is the mods are super restrictive and they're needed for the really hard in-game stuff. Um, yeah, that was light style. Hey, light style. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on, well, I guess I guess that take that, that Destiny is really free compared to something like World of Warcraft? I think a lot of the pain points throughout the game just generally become a lot clearer as you become 
I don't know if I want to say addicted, but invested in the game. Right. And currently mods do, especially with sunsetting, like all this stuff's going away. So having to find something, like if, if in the new raid, I think there's going to be, what, Fallen is like the main enemy. So there might be a new Fallen raid. So maybe that's their way of sunsetting older mods by forcing you to go out and find really old armor that can't even get up to the highest light at the new activity point. Right. I don't know. I mean, in terms of being restricted on mods, I definitely feel, I agree, I think I agree with you more, Melmsy, that I do feel more restricted because, like, when I'm thinking about going into an activity like a raid, the very first things I'm thinking about is, do I have my... Um, do I have my minor defense, you know, major and boss protection, whatever it is. I can't remember the name of the mod, boss defense. You know, do I have those all equipped because I want to make sure I take the least amount of damage from all those, you know, do I have, and I'm always looking for the exact same things. If I'm going up against Hive, I want Hive barrier. If I'm going up against Taken, I want Taken barrier. And I think it's one of those things that the addition of the Warmind cells and the charge with light has made it a lot easier to be able to branch out a little bit because they are in different slots so they allow you to run both but i still feel pretty um enclosed but i think they're doing a good job of opening that up right now but i think there are certain mods that i would actually like to see sunset along with everything else simply just because i feel like they force you into a certain play style and uh, going along with that i wish that they would make um the different like attributes more effective like having 100 like it actually having 100 mobility i wish it had way more effect than it actually did or having 100 resilience have more effect than it actually did simply because that would make your mods feel so much more meaningful versus what i hear every time like going into crucible everybody's always like oh you just need maximum regen maximum yep. health regen and maybe max speed if you're on a hunter so you can get your dodge back that's it it's, everybody's like nothing else matters it's gotten to the point where on all three of my characters if i get anything that's high in mobility i instantly scrap it because it's taken away from other ones mm -hmm. um yeah i didn't even think about that i mean mobility like what is does it am i missing something does it do anything really on hunters it recharges your dodge ability so okay. a lot of times people will recommend to run high mobility on a hunter that's why you see so many hunters with high mobility because then you can keep getting your dodge back and constantly have that up like every 10 seconds gotcha it affects your base movement speed so without sprinting mm -hmm. so it's mostly strafing and your non-ability jump height which in pve both of those things in my opinion really have no effect yeah, not at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, I I would like to see more, like, I would like to see more customization in that, making, like, your armor mean a lot more. For example, like, in Crucible, if you're running max resilience, unless you're running, like, 10 resilience, you really almost see no difference than anybody else. Like, the only real difference you see is if you're running max resilience at 10, then 150 hand cannons are a four shot to the head i think it is mm. versus a three yeah um but sure. I'll, yeah they're a four shot instead of a threes so it makes like a little bit of a difference but right. like still not that much right hmm. 
So I, I guess like, gonna, so that kind of ties in with the same problem that we talked about last week, having with like mountaintop recluse anarchy just being like the go-to mm-hmm. class. Like everyone's, I, I guess if you think about it, you'll probably look at people in the tower, and unless they're like new players figuring things out, everyone's going to be running very similar weapons, or at the very least, very similar archetypes. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if nothing else, I would love if they just changed. So that things, like, I, I know this is a very general thing to say, but I wish things were more balanced together. So the, like, like right now, if you use a scout in trials, I'm going to judge you because it's not that great. Um, but, like, it it would be great to not be, like, this guy's using a scout. Don't worry about him. Like, and not even just in PvP, um, PvE, too. Like, if I see someone using something other than, mountaintop recluse anarchy when i'm trying to you know speed run the dungeon i'm like oh god this guy like um to a certain extent more with randoms and other activities but um it's just i wish there was more i wish because everyone wants to min max and obviously people who are going to min max are going to be using stuff like mountaintop recluse anarchy but i wish there was more things were to that level which i know they're kind of addressing with sunsetting but who knows what we're going to get next season. There might still just be one meta. It might just be falling guillotine all season again. Um, I don't know. It's that's, that's my one big complaint with variety is it's not, we're not able to use other things. It just doesn't always make sense to use other things. Um, yeah. I think armor 2.0 and shadow keep returned a lot of missing kind of agency to the player in terms of, even if, like, you know, in a meta where everyone wants to run Mountaintop Recluse Anarchy just all year long, every single year, and have, well, and obviously this would be for PvP, but have 100 recovery, it made it a lot more attainable to the average player, so you didn't have to just get incredibly lucky RNG drops all the time. You were able to customize and tweak and kind of make your build your own, and now with the with that extra utility that all the players have we need a little bit more flexibility with what we can actually do right instead of being limited to the most powerful build this season is only in the artifact and it's going away you're never going to see that mod again like season of worthy it was um tyrant surge where all your arc abilities would spawn warmind cells if you wanted to run a warmind cell build that really heavily leaned into that you were at a major disadvantage by not running a subclass that maybe you don't want to run. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the kind of the same with oppressive darkness. Like I remember this season people were like, Oh, thank God. Oppressive darkness is there. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think would be like an actual solution to this? Could I get a quick recap? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. John somehow left the voice yeah. chat. For <laughs> no, it just you know, like me out. 40 minutes, yeah. Okay, so same thing. Yeah, yep. Okay, so what would be a solution? Yeah. Oh. Um, Balancing really mods know. and making bills attainable and effective. I feel like they're too... <laughs> Like with the Warmind build, I don't like being forced to use Warmind weapons because all of them kind of suck. Yeah. I just wish there were more general mods 
and then those journal mods lean could lead to more specific mods that do really specific things. So basically you're saying you just want more mods. Yes. More like general mods where it does not like you have to do something specific to get that. Right. Result. So instead of for example, instead of war mine cells, it was like it drops a cell of light energy. And it could be yeah. on like any weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of started doing that this season by mixing the warm mine cells with the charge with light mods. Like there, there's now like some that they enter between last season and this season. There's like some that interact with each other, like producing a warm mine cell makes you charge with light or something like that. Mm. So they're like trying to, but it's not quite there. Like I sort of agree. And I think my biggest solution to this um i mean like a short-term solution for us as players is simply that we have to just like play what we want to play like even if it does mean that we take a little bit of a disadvantage it's one of those things that you just sort of have to accept right um for the short term and you know and what i always say is that if you're having fun you won't realize that you're at a disadvantage um it's sort of like i went into trials and i took sweet business into trials why? Because I wanted to, and I had fun. Yeah. I had a couple of times to where I wiped the entire team in under a second. Wow. Um, because they all just ran at me and sweet <laughs> business, you know. So it's one of those things to where uh, you have to just kind of, for right now, play like if you want to run this super complex uh, charged with light mod that involves, you know, your sidearm doing the amount of damage that a, that a heavy weapon is supposed to do, um, you know, go for it. Even if it is a little hard to set up, you know, you should go for it. But in the future, I, I agree that Bungie needs to just make, like, more routes to getting it. Or, like, if they want to introduce or, like, reuse the Warmind Cell concept, they need to add in a lot more weapons. Like, we need a lot more than just the limited few. Like, one for every class type, right. at least. Year I'm one weapons only had... Like, I mean, obviously they were all curated, but even then they didn't have as many perks and you couldn't select between them. So I just thought maybe as a way of kind of incentivizing people to chase the new armor for the newest activity into Beyond Light or further or the newest weapons, maybe just this new set has another mod slot on it or it can slot. I mean, obviously everything can slot the newest mods, but maybe some kind of hierarchy to the mods like you if you want this exotic mod slot you have to go and run i i hope it's not another public event but that's might what be that might be what it is <laughs> well in like public events we all kind of get sick of them but if they just had more variety like right now they do the rotating boss thing weekly if they just had rotating mechanics and it wasn't even like weekly, it was like every time you do it, you might get a different mechanic. I feel like it wouldn't be nearly as monotonous. That's for sure. I mean, and Menagerie I, I, is basically a public event with um, multiple different mechanics, if you think about yeah. it. And yeah, that's the reason why a lot of people oh. hate public events is because of, it's like, so I just showed up here and nobody's here. So do I just reload the instance or right. do I just go for it? It does need to be match made. Up? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when they're when there's champions. Like I, I think it's mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous. It's, well, I have a problem with there being champions in something you have to interact with the blueberries anyway, because there's no guarantee that a blueberry is going to be running champion mods. 
in in most cases, my experience, you can't count on it at all. Um, which, of course, once you get higher in power, it's not a big deal at all. But at the beginning of the season, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I've been that blue where he didn't run any champion mods. A lot of times, I'm just getting on. I'm, I'm only going to get on for an hour. And I don't want to worry about spending 15 minutes equipping all those mods. Um, you know, I just want to roll up with whatever I got on and go complete the activity. And so I kind of agree with you that, like, when it's match made, people see, oh, I need anti-barrier. And then a lot of times they'll quit, put it on. Right. The idea of the public event where it's an open instance, anyone can roll in, anyone can fly in or fast travel in and just immediately be dropped into this kind of sandbox where, oh, what's happening? There's a spider tank here now. Oh, let's go kill it. Me and these other randoms has been kind of ingrained in Bungie's vision for Destiny for, I, I guess, since Destiny 1's inception. Right. I mean, but it is fun problem, on some occasions. The problem is that as players kind of change and adapt and be just, we've been playing this game for so long, a lot of, most of the players that have been play, playing for a while are now very good at the game and we're ready to take on, like we can randomly be dropped in. And if there's champions, it kind of sucks. It's painful. You don't want to have to deal with it, but you know what to do. Right. So the yeah. expectation of skill is kind of creeping up in public events, in my opinion. Well, I think there needs to be a distinction in the future between a public event, which to me used to just be like, maybe you have a bounty where you have to do public events, or maybe it's just a free source of some really quick blue or maybe purple loot. But now it's this public event is the only way you can go forward in this season. Um, and I feel yeah. like that needs to not be the case, or it needs to be somehow just different. Like, in D1, I love just randomly farming public events. Just, oh, look, there's a public event. I might get something out of it. In D2, I, I don't do it because, I mean, what's first of all, what's the reason? Um, but more importantly, there's always something else to be done, and I won't do it unless they force me to. Um, yeah. Which, I guess, kind of leads me into another thing I've written down. How do you think um, we could make... Uh, like patrol zones, something actually worthwhile for more than just new players or people who are bored? I mean, I feel like it'd be really cool if they added like a public event system for dungeons. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, say, like, like a dungeon pops it's a up public... randomly? Yeah, like you see like, you see a public event going on and then after the public event, like, the boss or something you know you get him to like one shot and he starts retreating to like a cave or something you have to chase after right. him aren't you, a just, dungeon. aren't you just describing whisper of the worm kind of yeah <laughs> he doesn't he literally totally... retreat to a cave and everything yeah the only problem with it is like blueberry like just random fire teams already kind of struggle with sometimes these public events that have like really really easy mechanics like kill the dude grab the ball dunk it into the machine and then if you start like trying to see if just a bunch of randoms coming together can complete a dungeon type then that's like a whole nother level and you'd have to make and if you really wanted to do it i mean something like pit would be more of a guideline because at least in pit um you have like you can do things on your own most of the time but even then, it's just one of those things that's so, so hard to coordinate, and then you have to deal with wiping and things like that. 
Well, like, I mean, um, it, it could be approached in the manner of, so let's let's pretend Pit is the one, is the random public event dungeon we're talking about. Um, you're on the moon, all of a sudden, I, I don't know, you fall into the pit. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, like the, uh, the heresy event finishes, whatever it is, where right. you kill the boss. So I feel like how it could work is, instead of it being this super sweaty, hard dungeon for people to struggle with together let there be the entire population of the patrol zone go into it no dark no darkness zones where people are going to be wiping so like you might get killed 30 times but you can just run right back in and keep getting mm -hmm. killed and i feel like obviously you'd have to compensate with you know not dungeon loot but it would be more interesting at the very least yeah i mean like i, I i'm always interested in seeing like a 30 like seeing like a 10 man pit run that would be funny. <laughs> yes, it would. I mean, it's sort of like when uh, there was the one glitch, you could have nine-player fire teams in raids, mm. and you had the raids with nine people. I always thought that was funny. Yeah. And I was always, and I, and I was always of the opinion of, I wonder why don't they ever like make it to where you could do like a nine-person raid that is normally done with six people, but you get less loot, or like you get less valuable loot. Right. So like that way. For those who struggle doing a six-man raid, they can do a nine-man raid, and they won't get as good a loot, but at least they'll ha get the experience they need well, in order to understand. Too. Yeah, and it'd be so much fun. I mean, like, I'm thinking, like, uh, um, Garden of Salvation, having three, having nine people, you can, <laughs> I mean, that's... That's enough for two people per platform. The, you wouldn't even have to have runners. The part where you uh, shoot the eyes, there's like six people sitting around it waiting. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That'd be pretty fun. And you'd melt everything, but it'd be fun. Yeah. Even with like seven people, it'd be a great way to be able to carry your friend without having to sacrifice like another spot. Right. Hmm. I like uh, that idea. I do too. But I don't I know if they would ever do that. I miss difficulty settings God. from like D1. I do too. You know? Yeah, they have like heroic I can't remember. Yeah, they, they had hard They started raids, out. We had prestige after. modes. Oh, prestige. Right. And then prestige they stopped. Yeah, and prestige scaled to your light level um, once you after a certain point, and prestige had harder mechanics. Mm hmm. Gotcha. I, I remember that. I must not have done very many prestiges. They, it, it was only what Leviathan and then Spire. It, it stopped after Spire, right? Or did it keep going? No, it's just the first three Leviathan raids. After that, they sort of like, oh, you want more challenge? Just complete the complete the challenges. The, uh, yeah, the challenges. Complete the card, uh, yeah. the triumph seal. There, there's your challenge for you. Like, do a Petrus run. Like, ninety percent of people do not want to do a Petrus run, which a Petrus run is where you go the entire raid without wiping. 90% of people in Destiny, probably more, don't want to have to bother about doing an entire raid without wiping. I mean, like, Jaeger knows I, I die all the time for the stupidest reasons. Like, that would be <laughs> hell for me. <laughs> we were we were in, we were in a, uh, just strikes the other day, and I would just die out of nowhere. <laughs> like, but, like, I, I really want... I 13 times. Okay, we, we don't need to talk about the exact numbers. Um, <laughs> it but... was just Zol. <laughs> This is such a short strike, okay, too. I was trying to... Listen, I was trying to use my sword, sword. on him. 
<laughs> note it was note really for anyone trying to do this, you cannot it damage him work. with a sword, and he just instantly kills you. Yeah, I so. figured that one out too. <laughs> it was figured that one out the hard way. Right. Yeah, don't touch Zol. He's got like poisonous don't skin. Don't touch Zol. <laughs> I don't know why he just didn't like lay on top of the entire platform <laughs> and just wipe us. Yep, just body block us trying to mm -hmm. leave that tube. So I'm saying, like, just why didn't he jump in the tube and chase us back? Oh, that makes like, for a badass encounter, actually. That's what I'm saying. Like, like a strike that you don't actually win. Well, and we were we were saying that okay, a strike that you don't actually win actually sounds really fun. Um, yeah. But we were saying Zol would actually make a really cool dungeon or raid. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. But they ruined that on a strike. It's <laughs> disappointing a strike that boss. a literal hive god wasn't used for a raid. Yeah, I know. Which I never liked that about Warmind. Instead, we got a story about some random Red Legion dude who decided he wanted to go attack Kallus on his Leviathan. Yeah. Okay, well, to be fair, I do find that one interesting. Oh, it's a cool raid. I, I like that. But that could have been a strike. I would have much rather it had been Zol attacking, some, attacking Rasputin and having like having to save Rasputin as an entire raid. I honestly strike. I'm really sad that Titan's getting well, Sunset itself, because I always thought fighting that Leviathan would be a really cool raid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like fighting the uh, underwater creature. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's called a Leviathan in the lore. Is it? Um now, that's a little confusing. Now we got two things called a Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like, I get that they can't, you know, pump out a, a new raid every couple weeks, but, like, I do wish some of these bigger baddies were raids and not strikes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of, like, the difference between D1 and D2. In D1, it felt like every single raid, we were going up against somebody that was, like, the biggest baddie on the block at the moment. A right. literal god. Like, I mean, I literally, mean, yeah. King Fall, we literally fought one of the three, like, founding hive members. Well, I mean, all the raids, they were basically to save the universe. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Crota, we fought the son of the guy who practically started the hive. Um, and, I mean, even Vault of Glass, we're saving time from collapsing on itself, essentially. Yep. I really like Fault of Glass. So it's just Me one too. of those things. Right. And then now in Destiny 2, it's like, yeah, so some fat dude decided that he wanted <laughs> to see if uh, you could help him out with a couple of things. Yeah, Kallus needs you to clean out his uh, trash compactor. Oh There's Vex uh, God stuck in it. Just you guys, really quick. I seriously thought you were shitting me when you ran me through that, and you said that was the plot of it. I was like, no, that's like, that's ridiculous. It, it literally tells his troops to stop. He's like, wait, <laughs> we can't use these guys. Yeah. yeah, listen, I got this thing stuck in the basement. Can you just clean it out? We became the Pepto Bismol for the Leviathan because <laughs> the Leviathan's literally yeah. eating Nessus, and then accidentally picked this up while eating Nessus. Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's just one of those things. How, how do you guys think the Leviathan's gonna leave this upcoming season? Oh, I got no idea. We're gonna shoot it down with Rasputin. It's gonna crash into Earth. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't no. make any sense. <laughs> um, That'd be really cool, though. They already did that with the Almighty. I think what's gonna happen <laughs> is that Kallus is gonna get attacked by the pyramid ships. 
he's just gonna dip. doesn't he and isn't that, he like so, a super pyramid ship fanboy though he kind of is like Callus is kind of from what i get he's kind of hard to understand because he never really declares his full motives mm. but he we know that we're on his like shadow council that was the whole point of uh becoming a shadow was right. because you were becoming like on his like council um and so like i have a feeling that the pyramid ships are going to attack him because they're going to view him as a threat to taking because i think the pyramid ships want us as guardians so i think they're going to view him as a threat and therefore they're going to try to attack him and then he's just kind of going to dip um or he could go attack I, I that. they're going to kill off Callus. isn't he still i can't remember the name but isn't there still some big um some big bad uh cabal person that still hates Callus? I don't know. I, I, I remember briefly be. hearing lore about someone, and a big theory was that Callus was going to go fight whoever his enemy that it still alive is. I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't care about the Cabal. They're my least favorite race by far. We've had so much Cabal Callus. content in Destiny 2. It's mm -hmm. time for it to end. I it's want some Vex content. I want some scorn content. The Vex. There's only one fallen strike in the game. I know. I want some fallen. Yeah, you know, I, want, I, want I take it back. More about Screw stuff. everything. I want fallen. I love I the fallen. I want. Well, I want more mythrax. Mm -hmm. I want like a fall. I want a raid where we're fighting with the fallen, and like the fallen aren't just there at the beginning and wave hello to you, and then there at the end to wave hello to you like actually like fighting alongside them or like arming their tanks to shoot at something well and like that was kind of cool for um forsaken's campaign mm -hmm. just for a brief second we had some ai allies yeah and i don't know why bungie doesn't do more of that right i liked in the uh what was last season i can't even remember seraph towers yeah the seraph towers i liked how they're like towards the end they would spawn in the AI, the yeah. little war mine robots that you could escort. I didn't play I enough that. I thought that was really cool. Kind of a stepping stone into exploring the idea of having AI combatants fight with us. Mm -hmm. Probably not this November, but at some point in the future, I think that's certainly a possibility now. Speaking of AI combatants, I'm really, really hoping that with the Tribute Hall leaving, not only do we get some sort of gun range that can somewhat take its place, but also we get, you know, those bots when you're previewing um, a finisher, it would be great to be able to test things on those like in person. Yes. Um, and they can do that in the tower. That's, that's the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. You have to throw in a little room in the tower right off the hangar or something like that. That's just a wide open gun range to where you can go practice finishers. You can practice your recoil. And like, I mean, it's, it are you really that part Are you really telling me that? the gunsmith or Cade six didn't have some secret shooting range somewhere. Like I guarantee oh. it's going to be like Ikora gives you a little quest that says, Hey, I just found Cade's old gun range. Go check it out. See if he left anything there behind. Right. And then it's unlocked and it's in the tower. And then they give you an exotic. Cause I, the ace of spades too. Yeah. I do think, <laughs> I do think they will purposely not give us stuff like being able to give ourselves heavy ammo. I don't think they like that. Um, cause if they like yeah. that, they would always spawn us no. in with all heavy ammo. Yeah, they would. They no, I think they could just fix that. the bug with that. Uh huh. Or they <laughs> oh, was it technically a bug? I think so, oh. right? I don't know. Well, that, can't, that can't be intentional where we are able to bring in max heavy to any activity just by going to a different. It's been in the game since season eight. Yeah. 
I don't and they've never. They I don't think I've ever much. seen them say anything about it. They haven't. Um, I don't think they really care. I don't think it's intentional. Although, yeah, it, it might, might not be intentional, and the reason I think that is because super also doesn't or super doesn't carry over, but the ammo does. You would think it would yeah. be all or nothing. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, but we're never quite sure what they do and don't care about because, <laughs> like, the world line world line skating. Everybody thought that Bungie just didn't care about world line skating. Because it was kind of like, yeah, it's in the game, but like it doesn't hurt anything. It just makes it kind of fun to be able to do some speed runs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then they patched it out of the game, and everybody was just like, "Wait, what?" So you do care about it? Yeah. Like why? Why even bother? It, that was the one. That was my big question: is why even bother? It doesn't people who aren't doing it, it doesn't affect them. Right. I think World Ed Skating was putting a damper on their ability to design encounters for future content where. World line skating might have been just infinitely easier than doing any encounter where you have to traverse a long area. Possibility. It's my little spin foil hat theory. It was really cool though to see people three man the second encounter for Garden by being able to skate to all the relays in time. Mm. I thought it was really cool. But they'll find something else as the next big thing. That's how it always works. Is I mean, it may not be as good as what it was before, but people will always find something. That's what I find about speedrunning is that they always find something. Right. Some new stasis ability. I mean, Let's I see. learned I learned a ton watching a speedrun on the Prophecy Dungeon. Like I, I shaved my first encounter down by like ten minutes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you can, first of all, I, someone said this in the chat the other day, but then I saw it again on the speed run, which reminded me, um, you can take one moat that you're holding and, um, finish two of the things. If you stand right in the middle and above it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the speed runner, they would get a moat in the very first part and then they would, um, use God, what's the top tree grenade thing. Heat rises. Heat rises. They'd use heat rises, which for some reason there's a bug that lets you skate up the side. Um, and heat rises alone would get you to the top of that. They'd go across and bank that and start the next encounter with two done already. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, they'll always find something. It's super impressive. Super jealous of people who speedrun. That's a skill that I do <laughs> not possess. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lot of it's a lot of patience. It's a lot of experimenting and watching, finding every little exploit in the game that you can take advantage of. Right. And I don't have the patience for that, that's for sure. Right. So. But props to the people that do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think about um, the state of, I guess I don't really know what to call it, Not not necessarily the game's entire economy, but like specifically the costs of equipping mods, master working armor, master working weapons. Like, do you think it's in a good spot? Do you think there's room for improvement? I think there's room for improvement. I don't like how it still costs, like even though it's 500 glimmer, I don't think it should cost anything to slot mods in because you already had to earn the mod at some, in some way, you know? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh I agree with you on that because there was a certain point to where I went from 250,000 glimmer to like 50,000 glimmer in a day because I was um, doing a bunch of different activities 
and like in a day or like a weekend i'll be going back and forth between pvp and pve and i'm not a super hardcore grinder not right now just because i'm saving up for the fall but right now i don't have two sets of armor um for one for pvp and one for pve so if i'm going back and forth between high level on both of them i have to constantly switch those mods back and forth and that gets really really expensive really really fast um, if you're going from i'm doing a raid now i'm doing trials and now right. i'm doing another raid and now i'm doing this and now i want to do some strikes and so it gets very expensive um i, I think the part so. more so than like the glimmer that bothers me is i'm always finding better and better armor so i'm always master working armor so i'm always out of you know ascendant shards and enhancement prisms and like i know you can farm them in the later nightfalls but that's like i mean you have a chance to get one and you spend like how long doing a grandmaster like i don't i feel like that part specifically is too slow for me especially when you're getting all these random rolls and then armor is getting sunset um and then only certain mods work on certain sets like i feel like i hate that so much that only oh, yeah. certain mods work on certain sets where mm -hmm. like i grinded to get like fallen armaments and hive armaments and i can't use them on every piece of armor especially exotics i want to use mods on exotics so bad I hate that I can't. Um, light style. Like light style in chat brings up a good point. He says, "I think for more casual players, master working armor is just completely out of the question," which is true and kind of sucks. Yeah. Like I have I some mean, extra ascendant shards, but I also play all of the activities every week. I mean, they can master work it if they pay ten bucks for the season pass. Yeah. Just play. Have them send me a message. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I think it's one of those things to where, like, master working armor isn't necessarily supposed to be for casual players. Like, because what, what does a casual player get, like, advantage coming out of um, getting better, like, master working their armor? The well, only thing they really get access to is more mods, like, having more energy for more mod slots. But the thing is, is that chances are, if you don't, or if you aren't doing the activities like Nightfall... To get those the pieces of gear you need to masterwork or like the materials you need to masterwork then you don't really need to masterwork in the first place because you don't really need to use those mods but, but I see both sides of the argument I think that also speaks to the fact that so let's say you're a casual player you can't really afford to you know even get past like seven um, energy levels on all your armor and that's even further restricting your playstyle because I mean, oppressive darkness itself is six energy slots, um, and like, so like if you're not able to use all ten, it's hard to use like really cool builds. So like mm -hmm. you're restricted to the basic stuff, you know, like minor resist, major resist, boss resist. Yeah, um, and that's why I go back to kind of what I was talking about last week, just a little bit, um, in the fact that. I didn't quite talk, get into this, but I think we need an armor 3.0 where with an armor 3.0 to where the only mods on your armor have to deal with the stats on your armor. And instead your mods and your, your mods and your abilities and everything like that is all, all your mods, all your abilities, all of that is just abilities and it's its own separate thing that you develop that's separate from your mod that's separate from your armor and separate from your weapons 
And that, that's what I've always thought, because I thought that would make way more sense, because then that would allow you to, like, like let's say everything was under your super. So your certain mods were under your super of, like, okay, so I'm making my Nova Bomb, and I'm going to make it to where, with my Nova Bomb, um, that I produce Warmind cells whenever I get a kill with my Nova Bomb. And then if I get a kill while near my Warmind cells, it creates a burst of void energy that then recharges my grenade if I get a kill. I feel like that shouldn't have ever been a part of armor in the first place. Armors just should be stats like resilience, um, defense, things like that. All the abilities. But I, I agree with the the general basis of what you said, but I think... If anything, a lot of the mods would make sense to be mods on weapons themselves. So, like, mm -hmm. Enhanced Grenade Launcher Reloader, like, that should be on my mountaintop. Oh, I agree with you, too, on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the biggest thing is it's just kind of confusing because, like, so my dad is a good example he played a lot of destiny one he's played a fair amount of destiny two but he's definitely casual he he logs on maybe once a week usually less during certain seasons um and he like i'm fairly certain he has no clue what almost any armor mods do it's so confusing and it's like wait why why is this in this specific slot why does the um why does the type of energy this armor does or has affect this and like it, not only is it not explained, but it's just convoluted even if it was explained. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised the game does not teach you this at all. Like, there, this if would be you a don't good know, thing for the intro. Yeah. Coming back what the WoW player said earlier about Destiny feeling so freeing from a casual, albeit a casual Raiders perspective, the game can feel really kind of open-ended and kind of do whatever you want up until you have to start hitting that kind of learning curve where it starts to demand, okay, if you want better gear and you want to run Nightfalls or whatever the most efficiently, you're going to need these mods, you're going to need this armor, you're going to need this gear, and you, there's no matchmaking for any of it. So you have to go start researching, like Google all this stuff first and find yourself a fire team to explain it all to you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, stuff with mods... I still Google to this day. Um, one of the things that is not in the game anywhere is diminishing returns right. um, on mods. And I don't know why that's not in the game because n still to this day, I would say 90% of the player base does not understand 100% how the dis how the diminishing returns work because I mean, I don't. it's like, yeah, I see. I, and I'm still trying to figure it out, but I believe like the way that it works is, so if you have high barrier and taken barrier and you go up against a taken knight, technically he's a taken character and a hive character. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that till a few weeks ago. And so if you run both of them, each of them are supposed to give you a 20% damage reduction, but because of diminishing returns, when they're together, they only give a 36% damage reduction. And, and it's like, why this isn't explained at all yeah and it gets it confusing because it's like the first one counts as 20 but since you have the second one it subtracts like 20 percent from it therefore only making it 16 um and it's just confusing and they don't talk about it and i don't know why like we just need the one of the developers the person who develops a lot of this to just have start making the ease of access systems saying hey this is the stuff that you need to know, you know, like 
that explains everything. I feel like the fact that there's people like Datto out there has allowed them to get really lazy with explaining things. Oh, for sure. Poor Datto. Poor Datto. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that's the problem, though. I mean, I don't know if I've even never seen Datto make a video about diminishing returns. I mean, no, probably not. Um, Datto feels more like general player base knowledge, not mm -hmm. hyper specific in game knowledge. Um, which, to be fair, I did watch one of his videos the other day about like how to solo flawless the dungeon without any of the meta stuff, which is kind of refreshing. Um, but I, it's not only is it not explained, but like even if, like I was saying, even if it is explained, it's confusing. Like, I feel like a lot of, I mean, it, when you get into a game like Destiny and there's so much min max potential, obviously there's going to be things that are confusing, but like, some of the systems are just so overly complicated, I feel like. Um, and like you were saying, a lot of it would be less complicated if just simply it wasn't armor mods and it was some other form of upgrade. Like, yeah. like when I think of that, I imagine the, um, the super tree from Destiny 1 where you just see a bunch of stuff in front of you and you can kind of pick and choose. But like with even more, like... Um, obviously that'd be a little convoluted too and it would need explaining um, but you'd be like well it makes sense that I'm going to take less damage from Taken because it is right here in my abilities not as an armor mod yeah exactly so I don't know and that allows you to like let's say you, you do have an ability that says you take less damage from Taken you could have a follow up ability to that of you take less when you take less damage from taken it recharges your or when you take damage from taken any damage reduction you take recharges your grenade something like that you know you have those mods that are cool but i think the easiest way for them to fix this is by we simply just need the storyline to be uh, for at least new players or at least a new light experience just to be more of a guiding factor that takes you step by step so like after completing a mission it drops a certain piece every single time like it drops an armor piece and then when it gives you the armor piece it has like some already mods that like universal mods will say that everybody gets and then it says hey this is a chess piece this chess piece has mods on it the first mod slot only has certain these types of mods and you can equip these mods for a certain cost and just guiding a person through step by step and make it one of those to where like if you just are like i don't care you know i just want to play the game you just skip right past all of it but if you do care and you do want to learn about all that you can just sit there and watch it or sit there and like participate you know make it like it teaches you how to equip mods why you should equip mods um but they they don't do that it's just kind of like yeah here's the game have fun uh, you'll figure it all out, or you won't. You know, we don't really care at this point, right? And, and I, I, I don't keep developer insight. Luke Smith talked about one of the big reasons for the switch to the the new light experience was so that new players who have just been recommended Destiny and they want to jump in and try it with their friends, they don't have to go through a bunch of campaign missions first. Mm -hmm. But in that, it kind of works against itself in the way that yeah you can like it's just that one little story mission and then you're kind of just dumped into this world and you can you can actually do anything you can hop into a raid right away if you really want to or you can hop you can do gambit a bunch of times but it's not going to give you anything because you don't understand 
why why to do what activities get the most so progress for different know, things this this would yeah, be really it. simple to solve just if at the end of the new light mission they said would you like to learn more yes <laughs> and then either you get dropped in because you don't want to learn more or they go through and have a much more in-depth way to learn yeah and i think that would be a really good um a really good stepping stone and the reason why is simply just because there are going to be some people out there who did get the game recommended by a friend and the the friend happens to be one of those people who wants to carry them through everything and teach them about everything and because that because that's how it is sometimes that's how i've picked up destiny one it wasn't because i just decided to get the game one day because i thought it looked kind of cool it was because i had a friend who wanted to teach me everything about the game and that's how i learned everything about the game um and so for those people they're not the ones suffering it's the people who you know were looking on steam through free-to-play games or whatever or happened to pop up on their home page and it said try destiny 2 it's free and they're like oh okay and then then they like you know they roll into a strike and they're like i have no idea what's going on here so uh light style says add something that gives experienced players an incentive to guide new players through the story mode they have that it's no one uses it <laughs> It's, well, there's not enough incentive is really the problem, but yeah, um, they have guided games, and it's, as far as I know, always been dead. Did um, they get rid of guided games? I thought they did. They might have this year. Um, because they were just dead. Been um, the whole time. Right. Because it would be like, for like, because they had it for raids, and it would be like, solo player, 45-minute wait time estimated so and if, then it'd be like five stack less than a minute so if you don't know what a guided game is it's it's something they had in beta and they attempted and how it work is one person could be like you know what i want to try this raid but i don't have anyone to try it with and i know nothing about it so you'd go into a guided game and you'd get matched with a five stack who would guide you through so five people who know what they're doing and one person who's new um actually that gives me a good idea that would it would work a lot better if they just changed it instead of five experience to one sherpa they could um but the thing is is that um i would guide people they, through it i just don't want to get a whole five stack to do it yeah and they, they kind of already i mean what am i trying to say uh lfg already does a really good job of that like the destiny 2 pc lfg they have an entire yeah but that's not um, in the game yeah, but yeah, it's. I think it's one of those things to where um, a lot of Sherpas are going to struggle with uh, in the game because, I mean, like, for me, if I were to Sherpa through a raid, I always like having at least two other people who have done it before, especially on some of the more mechanically challenging ones, simply just because I don't like those six-hour raids because it gives people the bat. Like, if, if it's their first raid, they always expect a six-hour raid, and they may not like that. Well, what um, they should like, do then is not force one Sherpa, like, yeah. be like, this Sherpa can bring in three people if they want, and then we'll match with three other people who have never done it before. Yeah. I just, I feel like raids don't fit really well with guided games. I think um, dungeons would, because they're not nearly as mechanically challenging. And I think that um, that the, like, Nightfalls fit really well with guided games, like the lower the lower end Nightfalls fit really well. Because that allows somebody to actually learn it. But I feel like with the raids, it's just so much harder to do it in-game. Well, maybe maybe the dungeons, what is... but what's to learn in Nightfalls, really? It's just you need the right mods and weapons. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. What if they did like a thing for raids where it's like a tutorial version of the raid? Like you go into like the infinite forest or something and it teaches you the mechanics of the raid. So you have a Sherpa and then the five stack of blueberries that all learn together and then they can actually go into the raid and practice. You know what I mean? Like the infinite forest will build the raid and then he can Sherpa and then teach mechanics and they'll like go through it. And then they can actually go into the raid. It'd be cool if it was almost like a private match and you could like go into the menu and say, we're going to learn this part. Like, yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. And like give no loot, just teach them. Mm-hmm. Or even give like minor loot, like give blues. Right. Just like something you'd find out in the open world. Or something that they can take to the practice range and say like, okay, I actually want to go get that. Right. That would be yeah, and see, that would be an interesting way to sort of bridge the gap because I feel like I, I I feel like rage should be one of those things that yeah we need to bring new people in, but not everybody is going to be able to complete a raid. It's just one of those things to where either they well, don't have the time or they don't necessarily know the right people. Time and is I don't like a factor. That. Yeah, time is a huge factor, and like you know, especially like some raids with new people could take like two hours you know, two, three hours, which is okay for me, a person who, you know, outside of working my job, I don't, I, you know, I, I can dedicate four or five hours, six hours in a day to play um, the game. But then you have other people who, you know, they have a family and everything. They might only have 30 minutes and th- that's the people who aren't going to be doing the raid. I mean, you know, not even half the player population does raids. So, right. which like this kind of gets into a different topic, but I do think those who actually have the time, like, yes, it's if you have to work two jobs and you can only play Destiny an hour a week, no, it's not your fault you can't have all the great stuff in the game, but you shouldn't be able to have all the great stuff in the game and do all the in-game stuff, um, which is kind of what I want to transition to next is where is the value for... Because I feel like right now they're they're trying to reach out more to casual players as far as loot goes, um, especially with stuff like the prismatic recaster. Um, but then that leaves the hardcore people doing nothing really. Um, like, I mean, you see all the time with streamers who play, you know, eight hours a day, they get all the good stuff in like three weeks. Um, yeah. And crazy. when people, when it, at a certain point, and I can't name a certain like exact time frame because I can't remember right now. But at a certain point, I remember people being like, well, it's it's not fair that this streamer plays eight hours a day so he can get the best guns. But to me, that I feel like that only makes sense. That is fair. That is yeah. fair. Like, That's if you how can't put in the time, of course you shouldn't be able to get the best stuff. Like, no, I don't think I you should like... have to play eight hours a day to be able to get the best stuff. But it shouldn't be easy to get for people who are super casual either. It shouldn't be vanilla Destiny 2. Right. You should have Where to... this is most tried. I mean, I feel like this sort of falls into the equity versus equality argument of the fact that we could have equality where everybody is equal, but that's not necessarily fair. And that it really should be more on an equity sense of that if you put in five hours worth of of dedicated time to the game to where you were doing raids and you were doing nightfalls, you should get more than that person who put in one hour of just crucible. Right. Like you shouldn't, you know. Oh, it makes even... me, it makes me livid that, I, I don't know if this is still the case, but in the beginning when Shadowkeep launched, it was that you could go in 
win a couple comp matches and get super high level gear compared to oh, grinding out. It's still the case. Yep. Makes um, me livid. The best way to grind up your powerful gear at the beginning of seasons right now is still is still uh, comp. comp. That's that's what I always do because comp is match made. Comp every time you win you get um gear and then every time you level up you get powerful gear and you level up really quickly at the beginning of a season like every game it's actually insane how fast you can go up from playing comp at the beginning of the season i mean i'll be honest i abused that at the beginning of shadow keep getting ready for garden of salvation but like absolutely it's just it's just dumb because you don't even have to be a good player to win you have to be an average player and then you'll win you know 50% 50% of your games or whatever. Yeah. And if you're a good player, you'll just steamroll through and you'll instantly be a high level. Right. I don't know. That bothers me a lot. That might not even be your preferred source of acquiring gear to level up. Like, not everyone wants to go into PvE or PvP, I mean, and I guess vice versa. Right, that's true. You don't even need to be average because of skill-based matchmaking. Yeah. It's skill based. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Is that, right. and so you'll win 50 percent of your matches, um, almost guaranteed. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing more and more unbroken's with uh, less than 0.8 KD. Exactly. I mean, that's I have a 0.9 KD, and I'm gonna be unbroken before long. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. get unbroken. Let's be honest. Um, I don't it's know. It's not the same as it used to be. Yeah, anime anime tells me all the time how how much harder it used to be in comp. Oh yeah, it used to be way harder. Plus, in comp, there you, there wasn't the like single matchmaking. So, what would happen is right. you would queue up solo, and you would get queued with two other solo people, and you go up against a three stack. And it was just like that's well, when I did a lot of my grinding. That was not so. fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nope. it, but in a way, it was fun because it was a challenge. Like, I don't know. I I enjoy the solo queue, and I I do it every once in a while. Um, but I I do recognize that that makes it a lot easier to do certain things now um i mean like recluse is the one where you need glory right yeah 2100 like no one has an excuse to not get recluse right now unless you're like literally the worst of the worst and hate pvp or hate pvp but even then sometimes you just get carried yeah like i've had games where i had i finished the game off with like two kills but i had a teammate who had like 37 and i was like oh okay so we won somehow Right. <laughs> I mean, it's that's like me Charles every time I match with you guys. So, <laughs> only if I was in- if I was involved, I'd make you feel a lot better. Can we talk about wish and during- like? Can we just talk about Crucible next episode? I'm still livid from those trials matches earlier. Yeah. That was retarded. Well, we've got like 45 minutes. We could just talk about Crucible the rest of the time. Okay. If you really what need do to we vent. want to start with? Mountaintop? Oh no. Well, I don't think you really need to address Mountaintop that much because I think we all have the same opinion there. Yeah, Yeah. we all have the same opinion. And come November, Mountaintop's gone from the game, anyways. Like as usual, used in high-level PvP, and along with Recluse and a lot of other weapons. So as long, the only thing I'm really gonna say, because I'm gonna be a little bit quieter on this part, because I don't play that much Crucible. Um. The only thing I'm going to say is as long as Bungie doesn't bring back Mountaintop 2.0, we're fine. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they will. They're going to do something. I, I really hope they don't. Too much. You know. People hate it too much. Yeah. yeah. 
my big thing with crucible is i instead of it being like it feels like every season there's one or two types of weapons that are meta and then everything else is trash like this season it's 600 rpm auto rifles and if you're not using a 600 rpm auto rifle why are you playing crucible right. and i feel like they need to figure out a way to maybe make it five or six things are like really viable per season and said like i know it's not realistic to say i want everything to be viable right. simply just because that can be difficult but at least i want it to be to where uh there's five or six things that are pretty viable you know versus it just being yeah if you're not using a 600 rpm auto rifle have fun well or i think really enough over tuned a little bit this season but i do think we are slowly entering a much a much better area of more viability because now mm -hmm. You can have success with a hand cannon, a pulse, right. well, a, a specific archetype. I'll I'll give you that a, a specific archetype of, of pulse rifles or an auto rifle, which hasn't and auto rifles haven't been viable for a very 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 long time. Since the beginning, I mean, of the really, the only weapon type I think is not super viable right now is scout rifles. Well, and scout stuff like linear, much love. linears and line. I think linears are impossible. Well, I mean, your rifles will never be. Yeah. yeah, no. Without making them one shot to the body. And it's I mean, arbalist. And it's trash, and there's just no way to possibly have it in between. Arbalist is the exception, though, because it's not heavy ammo. Yeah, because it's special. Arbalist is a great gun. Mm -hmm. Arbalist on console is insane. The amount of aim assist it has. I've seen close of people shooting people like the crotch, and it just gives them the crit. It's wow. just. It's really bad. I mean, on in my opinion, the crotch should be a crit, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that would take me out of the game. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I personally, I don't feel like the meta, the quote-unquote meta, this season is too bad, because like you were saying, you can use, even though it's certain archetypes, you can use pulses, hand cannons, auto rifles, snipers, shotguns. Um, I mean, it, it's not. It, it'll never be as bad as, at least in my opinion. Lord of Wolves with one-eyed mass titans. Oh, thank God! It will never oh. be that bad. I mean, it that might was, be. Again, that made me. Like, I stopped playing that season. I, I. That's when I became a hunter or a titan. I literally just adopted that class. I was like, I just want to win crucible matches now. And then they nerfed one-eyed, and then in Tails Ward, and then again and again. <laughs> well, I actually still like Lord of Wolves. Like, it's not OP anymore. It's okay. I've tried it one time since the nerf. Um, I never got any kills with it, and I got teabagged a lot for trying it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the thing that replaced Lord of Wolves was Bastion. For Bastion, you know, annoying. I don't. Th I actually think Bastion is fine. I I think I, like, I might be a little bit of a, a minority here, but I think a, Bastion. It, the range is a little bit far, but I don't think it's as busted as Lord of Wolves is. As an average player. As, as an average player, Bastion is much harder for me to get kills with than Lord of Wolves was in its prime. Like, yeah. a decent amount harder. Lord of Wolves, you just spray anywhere near their body. At least with Bastion, there's, like, a little bit of a charge up. You can't just sprint in and spray. Right. Yeah, but it's the fact that it shoots three bolts as a fusion rifle, that it's... <sighs> yeah, you just no, can't I... really balance it because it's stronger than any other fusion. Every, to be fair, every other fusion in the game is in outside of, I guess, high impacts like Aaron Till are in a pretty bad spot right now. Okay, so uh, back to what you started with this, with Wishender. 
it is my opinion, might be controversial among people who use these. I don't think there should be a single weapon or ability or anything that gives you wall hacks in the game. No, that was so broken. It's so annoying. So this guy was using Wish Ender, and he was giving the entire time you can just hear him keep drawing the bow back, keep seeing where we are, and he's just calling us out to his teammates the whole time. And we can't do anything, because if we peek him, it does 180 to the head. We lose all of our health, and then he can just pull the bow back and see where we are again. If we backed off or if we stayed, and then he can nade or whatever. And there's absolutely nothing we can do. Yep. I think... I don't think that should be something... I mean, because it, it's... I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that's only a, like useful in PvP. It's not even useful in PvE, so like... That's really not... What's the point of using it in PvE? Exactly. Honestly, so like, the, it shouldn't it. exist at all, yeah. honestly, in my opinion. At least not in high-level a... play. The walls on Spectral and Capri's and Wishender... I think it'd be hard to retool it without just removing it entirely, and I don't. I really don't think people would enjoy having that ability completely removed. I think it should just be like a quick pulse, like a like your predator, like you see, like oh, a scan. Yeah, like a scan. Like it. It starts like there's a radius that expands around you. You see, oh, there's someone over there for you. See him for like a few frames. You can see kind of which way he's going, and then you have to redraw if you want. So kind of like Bloodhound for me. Apex, like the scan ability, it you get wall hacks for like a half second, it scans them, it puts an outline around them, and you can see where they're moving. Yeah, it shouldn't perpetually show you every direction, every turn that they're going. I, I will yeah. continue to push for the fact that I think things like trials and comp should have a different, either have a different rule set that disallows stuff like that, or it should allow you to ban certain weapons and abilities at the beginning of the match. Kind of like you see that would be really interesting league that would be i would actually quite enjoy that um what would like, you, you ban know, mountaintop and gnawing hunger <laughs> both I'm... gnawing hunger or 600 rpm auto rifles how much is that force people to try something else out for once and i think that's the big problem I do, think, I, have I do think the problem with that though like that system at all would be not everyone has Exactly, I know. Is that you don't necessarily... What if you only have 600 RPM auto rifles on you? Right. What the heck am I supposed to do now? What are they going to give you? Traveler's Chosen? Is well, the automatic default? What if they did it to where it's like a weekly basis? So like when Trials ends, they're telling you what's going to be banned next week. It'd be interesting. That way you couldn't even enter. Um, yeah. But my only problem is that then everybody would use 600 RPM auto rifles whenever... 600 unless they were banned that next week like if they weren't banned that that's what people would, would use most of the time and that that's my big problem is the fact that um and i i think this is just as us as a community in general is to where people um we have like a certain ability or certain gun usually a certain gun that or a certain type of gun that one youtuber says this thing is broken and then people try it out and then other people's like oh my gosh this is broken and then we and then that happens in like the first month of the season and then after that the rest of the season you see the same stuff that was supposedly meta from the beginning of the season and you never see people try new stuff at least not um in big and like huge varieties like one of the things i was looking at light.gg 
and uh, the first in last out slug shotgun is actually like getting really po- is like one of the most popular guns this week or at least today um which you know that makes me happy but that was only because like fallout plays made a video saying this thing's kind of actually good and it was only because he was the one who investigated and people weren't willing to go out and try it um, the majority, I'm talking about the majority. I know there's individuals who went, yeah, you know, I tried that out. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. But the majority of people are like, no, nah, I don't want to try anything new. I got my gnawing hunger. I got my mountaintop. I'm set. Well, so it's a, it's definitely a little bit because of people are like, well, this is the meta and it'll do great. But also, I think it goes back to the time commitment of trying things out. Mm-hmm. In some matches, I mean, I mean, most matches in the entire Crucible aren't really that short. Well, you can only run so many games in an hour. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I think traction-based matchmaking certainly helps with loadout experimentation. Because, like, as, like in, in a skill-based setting, as you see, like, maybe there's two people on the other team that saw the new Cool Guy video or whatever that said, oh, Nong Hunger's great, everyone should try it, and then they're trying it out. You get melted by it over and over and over again. Slowly, it just kind of creeps up everywhere until just stagnates entirely but in a connection based i feel like there's a lot more like i see scout rifles personally way more frequently in connection based than i ever saw in skill based really yeah i've i mean i i like using mita i mean i'm kind of an outlier Mm. i'm not saying like i'm i'm awesome or whatever for using mita but i feel like it's a at least a semi-viable option for someone who wants to and doesn't want to just bring a Mita into a match of like, eight spare rations. Maybe casually, but like, I feel like in the higher level stuff, like I was, when we played earlier and we saw that Randy's, I was genuinely surprised. <laughs> and like, the first thought in my head was, okay, this guy's going to be one of the easier ones to kill. Um, because like, I mean, let's be honest, scouts haven't been in a great position for a while. Um, yeah. But even if they buffed them, like scouts like there's just certain types of guns that just don't work on certain maps and with certain abilities um and i feel like scout rifles are in that weird position where it's not long range enough to do really anything other than flinch a sniper but it's impossible to use in close <laughs> range effectively and even yeah, then you shoot someone in the head four close. times and they hit you in the head through flinch yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. like there's not very many ranges at an engagement where a scout is effect is more effective than a sniper because snipers are incredibly effective on just about every single map. I, I had a good think about this after we, I, I, if I remember correctly, we briefly touched on how snipers need a nerf, but we're not sure how. Honestly, I feel like the only option is not letting them scope in as quickly. Like, yeah, it'll make it feel worse, but people will still be hard scoping and get their one headshot, but then people won't be sliding around a corner, scoping in, getting you right in the head. Or if they do, they're not able to scope in as quickly. So it's not as accurate. Um, that's, I, I can't think of anything else to make snipers viable still, but also not, you know, the go-to one shot someone all the time. I think Bungie is nerfing snipers kind of slowly in a really smart way right now by kind of retooling how archetypes and zoom works like right now the only i think the the two big snipers that everyone is kind of leaning on to be their go-to replacement like post sunsetting are 
the Garden Sniper, I think, Omniscient Eye, and the Eichelot Sniper, both of which are much higher zoom than the Revoker or Beloved, and are 140 RPM, so the range is absolutely, like, a little bit abysmal, in my opinion. Yeah. I've also heard people are looking into the Supremacy from Last Wish. Yeah. It's, so it doesn't have... It has that bad zoom, but it just, I think it handles a lot better than the Icolos and Omniscient High. I was going to say, I don't know about you guys, but I've been trying to get a god roll on the Icolos, and even one that was decent, I just, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. No, it doesn't feel effective at all. I don't know. I haven't used the one from, I have one from the garden, but I don't think I've shot it once, so I, I have to yet try to that one out. It's okay. It's not, it doesn't feel good. And those are both use. rapids, aren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. I have soul, I guess that's another one, but that's locked behind trials, so. Yeah, I can't. Good luck with that. That's a whole <laughs> other thing with trials. I, I was complaining about this earlier um, before the podcast is with the fact that they're giving us so many random rolls and your loot pool just gets so big at a certain point, I mean, at certain points, everything, um, they should be giving us so many more tokens to actually try to get good weapons. At yeah, least for, like, I'm token. thinking, like, maybe a random chance to get one if you lose like you don't always have to get one if you lose but you should be getting two three or four if you're um winning yeah you I have mean, to play first but, i mean what's stopping someone from like just resetting their card so they can just get three easy ones and then just reset well we do that already that's what we did yeah, yeah we did that we did that on stream a little bit ago <laughs> we just got to three <laughs> didn't want to like, deal with the match made so we reset I feel like that's a big problem about trials. Right. Well, you got to remember, though, the trials weapons, they're not like pinnacle weapons. They're just good. Um, and you still have to fight against the random rolls in the big loot pool. Like, I wanted uh, another summoner tonight, and I, I got, like, six Engrams total, and not, a, not one of them was summoner. Half of them were the rocket launcher. The other half was scout rifle. And they were all trash rolls, and I don't even like those two weapons in the first place. So it really felt bad to spend five hours grinding and not get a single thing I actually liked. And that's fair so, enough. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just that's just a mixture of being unlucky and well, just luck's a little like bit of game. it. Yeah, luck should be like a little bit of it. But I agree with you that I mean, like, why can't I just buy the weapon with random rolls? Like buy the we like whatever the weekly weapons are. Why like for at least three wins? Why can't I buy that weapon instead? Like with my trials tokens. That'd be nice. Instead, like like let's say that it takes ten trials tokens to open up an engram, but or I could spend thirty on the weapon. And and, and maybe I'll... and maybe the only things that you could buy that week are the things you can get from the wins. And if you've unlocked yeah, that's what them. I'm saying. Yeah. So like and like the auto rifle a... today, I could just grind out that same auto rifle. Yeah, and you could just keep grinding to the like. Let's say like it was thirty tokens for your first buy, and then like ten tokens after that, or something like that. Or you could make it to where like it's like thirty, sixty, ninety, or something like that. Because, I mean, if you wait long enough and you're patient enough, eventually the sniper will be at the three win weeks if that's what you're going for. Right. Like the whatever weapon you're looking for will be in the three win slot. So, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. That I it's there's really no incentive to try to go beyond three wins nowadays in trials. No, it's pretty not. much big problems. 
Yeah, see, that's the huge problem. Well, and you and get, that's why. I'd... And you get the people who are doing what we were doing, which is resetting at three, except they're you know the super sweaty, never lose a game people, and it just makes everyone else's mm -hmm. experience feel terrible. And I think that's why a lot of people are seeing, like you guys were talking about earlier, that as soon as you hit four wins, it was, or as soon as you hit three wins, it was like a light switch, or like a, just a switch of you went from having pretty good games to having just getting absolutely dominated. And the fact that, because the only people left after three wins are the people who are there just to get their seven wins and to go to the lighthouse, get their loot, and then redo it again for their you know 1000th time that weekend right i mean i feel like maybe that could be fixed if the lighthouse actually had better loot adept weapons adept yeah. weapons that would because that if you made adept weapons in the game it would incentivize more people to grind that far and if more people grinded that far that would make your matches later on not as difficult because inevitably if you add more people in you're going to get some of the lower end um, skilled players. And sometimes you get unlucky, but... You know, right, and like, skills. I know I would never get an adept weapon because I'm never going to go flawless without someone hard carrying me. But I would feel better about all of these good players getting adept weapons if that meant I wasn't facing them literally match after match on wins one through three. So, yeah. I don't know. It's Trials, I feel like for as much as they hyped it up by taking it away and saying we're making it better it didn't really hit the spot for a lot of people it seems no it didn't even it... trying to adapt the perspective of like a hardcore pvp player that would that goes flawless like every single card like they have their their set trials team that's just the best of the best mm -hmm. like if you just like say you get really lucky and you have a great summon roll and you have a great sniper What's really the point of going to the lighthouse every single week, other yeah. than for flawless title? I, I can't even explain it. I mean, like materials. I, well, then, yeah. Then you I have guess. the people who go just to get the glow for the week. Oh, yeah. those people exist. Yeah. Like, huh, anime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I have. I, a... <laughs> I mean, like I had like I wouldn't necessarily call him a friend. He's more of an acquaintance. Uh, but on like the second week, the trials without he went. Uh, flawless like 27 times and he couldn't even bother to help me out to go flawless once that weekend so it, it's it's one of those things to where it's like because i think he did it with the same group like for 20 of the 27 times so i don't know trials and me have never gotten along we'll just put it that way i, I really enjoy pvp and like i'm never gonna pretend i'm gonna be a, a great player and this, I feel like this also kind of ties into what we were saying about the more time you spend in it, the better stuff you should get. I know I'm never going to get something like an adept weapon, but it's still currently miserable for someone like me who goes through all the suck in trials and still doesn't really come out with anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think their goal is or should be to only have sweaties in trials. But, like, that's the point it's getting to very quickly. Yeah. There's no years. real competitive game mode. Comp isn't really competitive. There's nothing to really show skill. Right. I feel like that's a big problem. Well, There's it, nothing meaningful to show that you're good. I feel like comp used to be competitive until they 
basically made it really hard to lose your streak and go back in glory. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to just get... I feel like there should be a new rank system. Like, the only thing people really play for now are, like, stats, you know? Like, oh, I've been falls 127 times. You've only been falls Or just to get the seal. Or just to get the seal. And even the seal, for me, it wasn't that difficult. It just took a lot of time and a lot of patience. And it really sucked trying to get, like, the confidence passage runs, but... Mm. Other than that, it wasn't that bad. But still, not everyone can get the Fallout title. Right. And then once you have the Fallout title and you want to show that you're even better, there's nothing else. Yeah. Which kind of ties back into what we said last week about we need tiers of feels. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Or just more better rewards like a sparrow or a ghost. Or... I have noticed at least in my opinion, this year we've gotten a lot more stuff from Triumphs, like like ghosts and emblems and mm-hmm. sparrows. I, I do wish there was more or they were more interesting, but we have gotten more than in the past, I think. Things are getting better. But like, there, stuff like that is in the game, but it's in Eververse. Like, would it be so cool if you went Falls and then you have a chance of getting the Ace of Spade Trials ornament from the chest? Yes. That'd be amazing. The, the issue with that is like, while we all hate microtransactions, right now it's really the only big sustainable thing for them. Which I mean, I don't mind that, but I feel like take the stuff out that should be in the in-game content, like the sparrow that looks like it belongs in the dungeon, the pit dungeon. It looks like it should be from killing the boss. Well, I mean, they already started that this season, though. Yeah. Like, they already, that was in when they were doing all the big announcements, all the big twabs last season. They already said that they're no longer going to be anything, any loot that matches the aspirational content for that season will not be in Eververse. Because they're like, well, you know, because like I was just looking at Eververse for this season. I mean, like, one of the things they have is like a ghost that has like a golf hat on. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, this season no Eververse has actually theme. been kind of lame yeah. though as well so i wonder yeah. how much i wonder if they're gonna go back on that if if their sales start slumping a lot i don't know i i don't i hope they won't i think they'll just i'm like inspire them to make stuff even cooler or just more like what they have now but like i'm looking at like the solstice stuff there's like you can have your ghost with a cowboy hat on I would spend money for that. I spend thirty dollars on that easy. I want to. I want my ghost to have a cowboy hat on. Heck, see, if they made an armor piece to where I got to see, actually see my guardian's face and instead of having a helmet, I had a cowboy oh hat my on. God. I would spend money on that. I was just thinking about the other day. Imagine if you had a helmet that literally had a see-through visor. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like. They can make Eververse interesting and have stuff like cowboy hats or have a sombrero on your ghost. Actually, that might already be in the game. You know, I don't know. I, I've been, I've been in this spot lately where I've been like, man, I really wish that they would make enough money, or they maybe all they already do, just allocate their money to hire more studios to make more content. But I'm, I'm starting cool. to realize I don't want more content as far as dungeons because I'm already overwhelmed every week trying to get everything yeah. done. I think they should just hire a shit ton of artists to so that 
there's strike specific cosmetics there's raid specific cosmetics like everything and still cool stuff in the eververse and i feel like that would make that would solve a ton of issues like for instance the strike specific cosmetics i'd run festering core all goddamn day if there was a cool thing at the end that you had a chance yeah. at getting like mm -hmm. there's plenty to do in the game we need a much better reason to do it and cosmetics are great for that yeah i agree it's a the game it's only like right now this week though i've only played one hour of destiny this week if even um and i know that's not the same for a lot of people right now but for me i have no like inspiration to play the game right now because i feel like there's nothing that i'm grinding for except for just more light level which i don't need well i uh, i mean i feel you the only reason i'm able to grind as hard as i am right now is because i've missed so many things mm -hmm. from past seasons that it's going to take me until november to catch up yeah and like for me i'm not in the same boat and instead i'm actually just waiting for november because i want it to be like i stroll up to november like i'm i'm gonna be playing just enough to get my title and then i'm gonna stroll up to november and i'm gonna walk in and be like wow fresh new content like we're gonna have some fun now new raid and everything and i think i think that's just what i'm gonna be doing and i think that's fair and i do think you know, September, October is a great time for a lot of people, especially hardcore players who are getting burnt out to play all these new games that are coming out this fall. Mm -hmm. Like that, that I know this isn't Destiny, so sorry anyone who's listening, but that, that game, I, like I almost didn't play Destiny on stream today because that game that looks like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids popped up on Steam for me, and that looked really fun. The, whatever oh, one I it was showing in the, about. the Xbox One, it looks like a, almost like a Subnautica type game, but yeah shrunk anyway point being like it, it's probably going to get to the point for me too where by september october i'm going to be doing whatever events are happening but that's it like yeah that's where i'm at i'm just trying to get the triumphs that are going to be going away that's right. all that i want i just want to have those before they go i think what what discourages me from those right now a lot of them are time gated and it would take me doing something specifically every week until November to get some of them. Exactly. Well, you see, that's why I've been doing like all, like I've been doing multiple. So like when I do all the challenges I can for Scourge, and then I can just move on to, you know, the garden challenges or I can move on to the crown challenges or whatever. Gotcha. Like I just keep it rotating for stuff that I'm working on. Gotcha. <laughs> okay well listen i had a fun time tonight um we should probably start wrapping this up uh so next week's gonna be a little weird uh i am gonna be visiting family um that said i'm not gonna cancel the podcast it just won't be live but i'll still record it and upload it um which will be a little weird but i'll be on a laptop using headphones to chat and on hotel wi-fi so um Ooh. <laughs> you see audio so if it works for you guys still same time next week however it just won't be live on twitch yeah okay. fine. yeah okay that's fun i'm cool with that awesome all right well um thank you everyone for hanging out with us and listening to our rants and raves about destiny 2 the good and the bad um and i will have this uploaded to spotify and youtube probably in the next day 
And, uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for coming by. Adios, everybody. See ya. See ya.